All across America and around the world, this is Veterans Radio. This is Veterans Radio. And now, your host for today's program, Dale Throneberry. Welcome to Veterans Radio. My name is Dale Throneberry, CW2 type helicopter pilot in Vietnam in 1969. I want to welcome you to our program today. We're going to be talking about I, I, we've got some really cool subjects going on here. We're going to be talking about uh, veteran homeless issues in Detroit. And uh, later on in the program, we're going to be talking to an organization uh, called Homes for Our Troops out of Massachusetts that builds homes for veterans, for disabled veterans. And I'm really excited to talk to all of our guests uh, about these issues that are out there. Um, if you want to get in on the conversation, I think it's really important. This is a cool one for you to get in on. The number is 734-822-1600, 734-822-1600. Um, before we get into our first guest, I need to make sure that we we thank everybody for their support of Veterans Radio. Uh, hey, you know, uh, coming up on Tuesday, this next Tuesday is Giving Tuesday. And Giving Tuesday, and I'm sure that all of you have gotten the emails and things in the mail and so forth, is uh, it's, it's it's our opportunity to support our local charities or support our local nonprofits. And uh, for those of you that are obviously listening to our program, there's a lot of organizations that we talk about here on Veterans Radio over the years. We usually try to highlight a, a nonprofit every program. Uh, this time we've got, we got lots of them. Oh, I forgot to tell you, Veterans Radio is a nonprofit. So I guess I can give you my little pitch for uh, Veterans Radio. You know, those of you that have been listening to us for the last 20 years, uh, this is uh, your opportunity to support us if you can. Uh, you can just go to our website, veteransradio.org, click on the donate button, and we will be very, very happy um, for your donation. It helps us stay on the air. We had a few costs that go along with trying to do this on a weekly basis, but you can listen to us in our archives. You can listen to us as podcasts. So there's lots of things going on out there that you can help us with as far as spreading the word about our organization. So these, if you can, we'd appreciate it. 20 years, 20 bucks. That's all we're asking for. And I think that would work out well. Uh, but before we get into that, let's talk a little bit more about our sponsors. We've got a, a couple of them that we're really proud to have. Uh, supporting us. Number one is Legal Help for Veterans. Uh, Legal Help for Veterans specializes in veteran disability claims. So give uh, Legal Help for Veterans a call at 800-693-4800. That's uh, 800-693-4800. Or you can go to their website, legalhelpforveterans.com. The National Veterans Business Development Council, better known as NVBDC, is the nation's leading third-party authority for a certification of veteran-owned businesses. For more information, you can go to their website, that's nvbdc.org, or give them a call at 888-237-8433. If you want to do business uh, with the federal government and you are a veteran-owned or especially a disabled veteran-owned business, you got to get certified. So these are the folks that can do it, nvbdc.org. The Charles S. Kettles VA Medical Center in Ann Arbor, Michigan. For more information, you can go to va.gov slash Ann Arbor Healthcare. Residential home health and hospice care for veterans and their families. 
For more information, go to residentialhealthcaregroup.com or give them a call at 866-902-5854. We also want to thank our local veterans organizations for their longtime support of Veterans Radio. Uh, number one is the Irwin Press Corps and American Legion Post 46 and the Charles S. Kettles Vietnam Veterans of America Chapter 310, both of Ann Arbor, Michigan. We want to thank these organizations and you, our loyal listeners, for your support. Um, it, it's, a, it, it's such a privilege for us to get to talk to these people that support veterans and their concerns and their issues and they're helping them with whatever it is that, that they, they specialize in. And it's, it's, it's just great. We love doing this. So we're going to get into our first interview. We have, uh, and I'm joining me on the line right now is Deandra uh, Gorley, and she is the or is this, Vice President of Social Services for Volunteers of America. And uh, Deandra, welcome to Veterans Radio. Thank you. I'm happy to be here. Well, you know, I, we, I got this email, and it was about the idea of um, preventing homeless or trying to eliminate homeless uh, veterans in Detroit. And this, to me, just seems like a really overwhelming challenge, or maybe I'm just not up to date on that. And that's why I asked you. So you, along with uh, the Ann Arbor, I mean, not the Ann Arbor VA, but the Detroit VA, are working together to put this program together. Can you explain to me what's, what's happening in Detroit? Yeah, so there's actually quite a few of us working on veteran homelessness and ending veteran homelessness for Detroit, Hamtramck, and Highland Park. So we started this endeavor in 2017, and since 2017, we now have seen a 70% reduction in veterans experiencing homelessness in Detroit, Hamtramck, and Highland Park. So it's a partnership with Community Solutions, which is a national nonprofit that has what is called the Built for Zero movement, which focuses on or allows communities to join to focus on a specific population of homelessness and make it rare, brief, and non-reoccurring, and then declare functional zero. So the Detroit VAMC, um, along with other community partners, such as Volunteers of America Michigan, have been working to reduce veterans experiencing homelessness by getting them into permanent housing and ensuring that they can sustain their permanent housing. So we've seen these major reductions in veteran homelessness, um, and we had some major wins um, even in the last two years where we outpaced the national reduction in veteran homelessness here in Detroit, Hamtramck, and Highland Park. And right now we are on pace to be the first major city to hit functional zero in veteran homelessness. So it's really exciting, um, but you are right. It's an incredibly complex problem, um, but it's not like we started yesterday. You know, we've been doing this work now for six, almost seven years, and we've been able to just really have these major milestones um, where we're seeing an intentional reduction in need for homeless beds for veterans um, because there's just less veterans in the system needing them. I, I, I think it's uh, certainly admirable to take on this challenge. Um, yeah. and, and you mentioned that you're working with a Detroit uh, health center, uh, medical mm -hmm. health center out there. And, uh, and what other organizations are helping you out? I know this seems like it's a big wide group of people in Detroit. 
Absolutely. So there's a number of veteran service providers in Detroit. So Volunteers of America Michigan is one of them. Um, My side, formerly Southwest Solutions, is another. Um, DNOM Disability Network Eastern Michigan. And then we have the Detroit Rescue Mission Ministries, um, as well as our Michigan Veterans Foundation. You know, those are kind of the main providers of services. But the city of Detroit is also a pivotal partner in this work and the Detroit VA. So if, 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 if I were homeless, how do I, how do I get involved with you and your, in these organizations? Yeah. So one of the reasons we've been successful is a number of years ago, Detroit um, veteran homelessness joined the coordinated entry system. And the coordinated entry system is the entry point for any individual experiencing homelessness to get connected to services. So we have a phone number for CAM, um, and I can pull that up in a moment, but CAM is the coordinated assessment model and any individual youth family um, experiencing homelessness can give that number a call and get connected to services. In addition to that, um, CAM is also staffed at the Detroit VA. So any veteran experiencing homelessness can go to the Detroit VA to get connected to services. Um, And then myself and a number of the other uh, community partners also have outreach workers because we know that unsheltered homelessness in Detroit looks different than other communities. You know, there's a lot of vacant, blighted, abandoned buildings in Detroit. So we do have folks in these buildings sometimes where other major cities would have folks like out on the street. So we have outreach workers that work to get connected to individuals that might not present um, at the VA or any of the other access points for services. And that's how we get um, everyone involved. But it's, it's critical to have, you know, that entry point and have the outreach to find people who maybe aren't accessing services. All right. So, you know, once you find this homeless community or this homeless mm-hmm. veteran, and you mentioned that all they had to do is to call this CAM number, which we'll get, get to it in a little bit, and uh, that they will help them out. How, do, how does this work? I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to figure it out as to um, housing, how, how is there a program out there right now for housing veterans? Yeah. So at Volunteers of America, Michigan, we have a couple programs that are funded federally by the VA. Um, our first is our grant and per diem program. And that is a shelter-like um, program that we operate in New Center, Detroit. So we have 40 beds for male veterans experiencing homelessness, and they can stay in that program for up to two years. But as a community, we've committed to rehouse folks within 90 days. So once a veteran's assessed and assigned to us um, from the VA, they come into our program there, and then they could either be connected to HUD-VASH, which is the voucher program. So it's similar to Section 8, but it's for veterans only. Um, And that comes with connection to housing services, a subsidy similar to Section 8, and um, intensive case management in-house. So they might go on the HUD-VASH path, and HUD-VASH could work collaboratively with our program to find landlords um, willing to accept, you know, veterans in the subsidy. Or instead of HUD-VASH, they might be connected to one of the other programs we provide, which is our supportive services to veteran families. 
And that is one of the largest programs Volunteers of America Michigan operates. We have it not only in Detroit and Wayne County, but in 13 other counties across the state. And that program works with veteran and veteran families to find suitable housing, assist them moving into housing um, by helping with obtaining household goods, helping pay security deposit, you know, a few months of rent and get them stabilized in their home and then provide that case management, um, but not as intense as HUD bash would. You know, this is really for the veteran and family who've maybe been challenged with income primarily, or there was a job loss or just some other life event. Um, or we even see like maybe they were living in an apartment and the landlord is changing who they're renting to, rents are going up, and so they're being um, exited from that housing. So we work to find them appropriate, suitable housing, get them in there, get them stable and secure, and then connect them to any other resources they may need. So whether that's employment opportunities, mental health services, ongoing food support, you know, things like that. Um, those are some of the pathways. We also have um, a grant per diem case management program. So this is for our veterans who maybe just need lighter touch services um, or they had been formerly in the homeless system. They're now in housing, but maybe they just need some additional assistance in the form of case management, you know, getting them connected to resources, ensuring that once they're in their housing, everything's going to be suitable, maintainable, and appropriate for them. So though, there's many different pathways. I know we just covered a lot, but I think yeah. it's, you know, important to recognize that homelessness is complex and there's not one reason that causes homelessness. And so you do need a variety of solutions and opportunities for people to exit that and be sustained in their housing. Well, we are, we, we are, are talking with uh, Deandra Curley, who is a Vice President of Social Service of Volunteers of America and is heavily involved in the, um, hopefully, the elimination of homelessness for veterans in Detroit. And you mentioned something before we went on the air when I was, I was asking, you know, is there an estimate of how many veterans are homeless in Detroit? Yeah, um, right now we have a little over 100 experiencing homelessness in Detroit. And you know, I said at the start that that's a 70% reduction since 2017. So that's a huge reduction in the number of veterans that are experiencing homelessness. And I'm confident with the number because most communities count homelessness once a year in January during a point in time count or every other year during that point in time count. As I mentioned, we have the coordinated entry system, so we know live who is entering our system, and we can have a daily update on new veterans entering the system, and most importantly, veterans exiting the system into permanent housing. So we have that live data year-round where most communities for any population that they're working with just have that once-a-year estimate that gives them that snapshot of homelessness. Um, and having that live real-time, daily updated data is how we've been able to really move the mark on veteran homelessness here in Detroit. Yeah, that's a, <laughs> I, I'm just so impressed with the the efficiency of your program. I'm, yeah. I, I guess I was, you know, of a of a mind that, oh, this is this is outrageous, you know, and there are hundreds and hundreds of uh, you know veterans on the streets of Detroit, and it seems like. You know, that not only are you working with the, the Detroit VA, but you're also working with the city of Detroit. You mentioned that 
um, mm-hmm. before we went on the air. Can you tell us how they are involved? Yeah. Um, so the city of Detroit is part of our veteran leadership committee and the veteran leadership committee is the group that really oversees the strategic initiatives that we're enacting to help solve and hit functional zero with veteran homelessness. So community partners are at the table, the Detroit VA is at the table, and the city of Detroit is there. The city of Detroit supports the work we're doing um, by helping us bring other landlords to the table. So you're not going to solve homelessness without having places for people to go, right? Right. Um, So the Detroit or the city has been really strategic in bringing more affordable units online, ensuring that any landlord um, or housing provider who wants to provide housing for veterans is looped into our work so that we ensure that we have the appropriate housing for our veterans. Um, and then they're also working to ensure that um, just everything stays really connected. You know, they're part of the coordinated entry system. So their work ensures that just you know, as a cohesive group, we come together um, and then they continue to support our initiatives. So if we need assistance, you know, seeking funding, they're willing to help write a letter occasionally um, and just really ensure that the work continues forward. I'm very impressed with this whole idea. And when, you know, when we talk about homelessness, we're not just talking about the veteran because sometimes you have a whole family, don't you? Correct. Yeah. So with our supportive services for veteran families program, we will serve um, the veteran and however they identify their family. So if that's veteran and children, veteran and parent and children, you know, veteran and significant other, that's the housing we're looking for with them. Um, And we recognize that, you know, family makeups might look different than just your nuclear family. So we work with the veteran and however their family um, is identified. In Detroit, we do primarily see singles who are experiencing homelessness in the veteran community, but, you know, we do have families as well. Well, it's, I think that, that that's so important, and I'm sure that it's not just, um, you know, male veterans that are involved in this program. I'm sure that you have been able to house female veterans as well. Correct. Yeah. So our female veterans, um, we do see less of them. You know, they're only about 10% of the veteran population. And I think it's even a smaller portion are represented in the homelessness population. However, we have seen that number increase um, a little bit, but we do ensure that they're connected to all the services and supports available um, to all the veterans. Wow. And I see here, you know, that the idea of, of, of providing permanent permanent housing for these veterans, if you can. And I know that's the ultimate goal. And um, I know that you have been receiving, you know, some support coming from Rocket Mortgage. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Rocket Mortgage is a great supporter of the work we're doing in Detroit, but also of Community Solutions, who has the Built for Zero initiative that we're participating in. So they're a partner on both ends, um, both to the work we're doing in Detroit and to Community Solutions Built for Zero movement um, broadly over the U.S. In fact, and I'd like to just kind of touch on that just briefly. You mentioned that mm-hmm. many of these programs are across the country, Correct. So not just in Detroit. Correct. Yeah. So uh, the Built for Zero movement, if folks are curious on the work that we're doing, you know, we didn't make up what we would do. Built for Zero really does have a great 
layout of the different metrics to hit in order for each community to reduce homelessness. And the majority of the work that we've done to reduce veteran homelessness was without bringing new housing units online. So a lot of the initial work is really getting quality data, bringing the system together and ensuring that um, really that we're all communicating effectively because in homeless services, there's a lot of community partners doing the same work for the same population in a large city like Detroit. The majority of the time, though, those providers don't talk to each other. So if I'm experiencing homelessness in Detroit, either as a veteran or non-veteran prior to veteran work, I might be working with multiple agencies or have touched multiple agencies, but those agencies don't work together. And so that was really the initial work that we started with in Detroit is bringing everyone together. Everyone um, is aligned on the mission. We all know who the veterans are in our community and the providers that they're working with. And those providers talk to each other for each specific veterans case. So have you found that the the, the veteran community in Detroit homeless community, is it is it younger or older or is it across the board? Um, right now, it's a little bit across the board. It has primarily been older. Um, and as we look to really make our move on this like last mile of veteran homelessness, there's two populations we're really working with. And the first is our aging veteran population who's not yet ready for assisted living, but does need a little bit more support in their home. So that's one of the problems we're trying to solve right now is like, what does that permanent housing solution look like for these veterans? You know, is it something we have available or something we need to bring on board? And the second is our younger veteran population. We are starting to see more younger veterans. And the challenge with our younger veterans can sometimes be that they don't have any rental history. So they're not appealing to a landlord to rent to. They may also have been involved with the justice system. Um, so it's challenging on paper to bring landlords on board to rent to these specific veterans. Um, with our rocket mortgage partner, with our VA funded programs that we have, you know, we are able to incentivize landlords to work with us. So if there are landlords out there who are interested in providing permanent housing to our veterans, you know, they can contact us at Volunteers of America Michigan. I'd love to have a conversation. Um, but we work to just bring the right sort of landlords to the table who understand this population and are willing to work with them um, for both of those groups. Well, I, I, I just think this is a great, great plan that, that you've all put together. This, you know, this huge, just all these people working together, I think is what's so amazing about it. And that you're, you know, if you get this down to zero, you know, that's that's pretty good. I mean, that's you got to yeah. feel good about what you're doing. Yeah, it's it's really ambitious. Some days it's like, oh my gosh, I can't believe we're doing this, and other days like this is really much like it's really in grasp. Like we can do this, and I think you know what I try to inspire folks is like if a city like Detroit can do this, that is historically underfunded. Um, and just really been an underdog of a city, I think it's possible in a lot of different communities. And so you mentioned it, like the secret sauce to all this work is just that we're all communicating and working together. And like that is possible, I think, 
regardless of the resources available, we can make measurable reductions to homelessness by providers coming together and working together. I just think it's it's wonderful. So just to kind of review as a conclusion here, um, if I'm homeless in, De- in Detroit, where do I go? Yeah, so or- you can go to the Detroit VA or you can call CAM, which is 313-305-0311. And that's for any individual experiencing homelessness, veterans included. So 313-305-0311. I think that's great. I think that's 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 great, and I want to applaud you, um, Deandra, and and along with the other organizations, of course, the Volunteers of America in Michigan does a whole lot of work with veterans. And uh, I should point out that there is Giving Tuesday coming up, and I'm sure the Volunteers of America would be would appreciate donations as well. Absolutely. Um, and thank um, you. you know, I I I want to thank you for being on the program. Um, sorry that we, we, you know, that our other guest wasn't able to make it, but um, we'll keep talking and we will uh, hopefully we will get a chance to talk with you again, uh, Deandra, and let us know, you know, what is going on with the program. I think it'd be too, just terrific. Yeah, absolutely. I'd love to come back. All right. Thank you very much. Deandra Gorley yep. is the vice president of social services for Volunteers of America. Well, we're going to take a break here, so I'm going to kind of get a hold of uh, Derek and let him know that we're going to be taking a break. We're going to be playing our Medal of Honor. When we come back, we're going to be talking about the other organization that we're going to be having on the program, which is Homes for Our Troops. So you're listening to Veterans Radio. We will be back in just a moment. The Medal of Honor is the highest award for valor in combat given a member of the Armed Forces of the United States. There have been over 3,400 recipients of the nation's highest award. This is one of them. Captain Louis Millet was wounded by grenade fragments, but refused evacuation. Details after this. If you have a VA claim denied by the Board of Veterans' Appeals, contact Legal Help for Veterans at 1-800-693-4800. They're experts in handling cases before the U.S. Court of Appeals for Veterans' Claims. Their number again, 1-800-693-4800. While personally leading his company in an attack against a strongly held Korean position, Millet noted that the 1st platoon was pinned down by small arms, automatic, and anti-tank fire. Millet ordered the 3rd platoon forward, placed himself at the head of the two platoons, and with fixed bayonet, led the assault up the fire-swept hill. In the fierce charge, he bayoneted two enemy soldiers and boldly continued on, throwing grenades, clubbing and bayoneting the enemy, while urging his men forward by shouting encouragement. Despite vicious opposing fire, the whirlwind hand-to-hand assault carried to the crest of the hill. His leadership and personal courage so inspired his men that they stormed into the hostile position and used their bayonets with such lethal effect that the enemy fled in wild disorder. During this fierce onslaught, Millet was wounded by grenade fragments but refused evacuation until the objective was taken and firmly secured. The Medal of Honor series is a production of Veterans Radio. Military veterans touch everyone's life. I'm guessing right now you're thinking of a veteran, a close friend, relative. Maybe it's you. Even the toughest of us sometimes need help, but don't know where to turn for support. You don't need special training to help a veteran in your life. We can all help someone going through a difficult time. Learn how you can be there for veterans. Visit VeteransCrisisLine.net veteranscrisisline.net 
A message from the U.S. Department of Veterans Affairs. And we're back here on Veterans Radio, and we hopefully we just uh, gave you a lot of great information if you are homeless in the Detroit area. Um, not only is it, you know, for veterans, but it's also for the the, the, the whole veteran community, the whole community of Detroit. So let me give you that number again that um, we got. It is 313-305-0311. So if you are uh, homeless, as, as we said, in the, in the Detroit uh, Highland Park area, that's the number to call to get started. Uh, you don't have to be a veteran. They're out there to help everybody, and this will kind of they'll start directing the call in the right area. So that number again is three one three three zero five zero three one one. Joining me on my line uh, now a little bit early, but uh, greatly appreciated is um, retired Brigadier General Tom Landwehrmeyer, and he is the president and CEO of Home for Our Troops, and this is a great organization. We have talked with them in the past. And what they do is they build homes for veterans. What a concept, right? Well, I, I asked them to join us today because Giving Tuesday is coming up, and they've got a big project that they want to accomplish. So joining me right now is uh, President and CEO of Homes for Our Troops, Tom Landwermeyer. Tom, welcome to Veterans Radio. Thanks very much, Dale. It's uh, really great to be here. Thanks for having us on. Well, thank you very much for uh Agreeing to come on early, I probably appreciate that. Um, no worries. <laughs> yeah, you know, live radio—it's always exciting. Uh, <laughs> so, um, tell me about this 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 organization, Home for Our Troops. And I mean, I know we have talked about it before, but in doing a little research for today's interview, I, it's much bigger than I thought it was. It's a uh, it's a national charity located uh, in Taunton, Massachusetts, which is about an hour south of Boston. We've been around since 2004, and our mission is to build specially adapted custom homes across the country, and then we donate them to the most severely injured post-9/11 veterans to enable them to rebuild their lives. Uh, we began in 2004. Next year will be our 20th anniversary. To date, we've built and donated. 370 homes across 45 states. We've got 77 projects underway across the country, another 100 veterans in the application process of our program. And on top of all those numbers, there's still more than 1,000 more of these severely injured post-9-11 veterans that would qualify for our program, uh, averaging 20 to 25 homes a year. we got a lot of work to do, Dale. I, I would guess so. I didn't. This project, as I, as I mentioned, was so much bigger than I I remember it, and so much bigger than I imagined it to be. So, you know, if you've built over three hundred and seventy homes across the country, I want to encourage our listeners. Their website is is hfotusa.org. That's hfotusa.org, and there's a map on there of where these houses are across the country. And I wanted to uh, just say that we've got at least six of them I know that are in Michigan, which I thought was amazing. I don't know why I didn't know more about this, but we're that that's what we're doing this for today. We're going to spread the word and let people know what you are doing here, um, building these houses for these really severely disabled veterans. That, it's got to make you feel good every time you hand the keys over to somebody. 
Well, you know, uh, Dalen does, but we, even though we're a charity, we don't see what we do as charity. Uh, we really see it as the duty of the citizens of our country to take care of these troops and their families that voluntarily served. They have uh, raised the right hand and gone wherever they were needed. Uh, and uh, these, uh, this particular crop of veterans went down range uh, when they were asked, you know, the blink of an eye of their lives and their families' lives changed forever. Uh, but it's up to the citizens of our country to take care of them. And we're the organization that people can support and ensure it will happen. I promise you it's going to happen. We're going to take care of them. Well, you know, you certainly are. It's, it's um, as I said, you know, it's Giving Tuesday coming up. And you have a you have a pretty uh, strong or pretty, pretty big goal for this year's fundraising. Can you tell us about that a little bit and who supports you? Absolutely. We're uh, supported 100% by the American public. About 65% uh, comes from individual donations, grants, foundations, independent fundraisers across the country. The other 35% are with corporate partners. Some give material for the homes, some give cash, some give both. But it's 100% publicly funded. On this Giving Tuesday, which is the Global Day of Giving, uh, the first Tuesday after Thanksgiving each year, uh, our goal is to raise a million dollars to, and that will uh, pay for all of the um, emergency kind of adaptations that are in the home. So it'll it'll pay for the uh, automatic door openers, the wider doorways throughout the home, providing wheelchair accessibility, uh, the safe rooms in case of weather emergency and you've only got limited time to, to get out of your regular house, and then backup generators. And uh, that million dollars will fund all those items for the 31 homes uh, that we are going to build next year. Uh, the really great thing this year is our national board of directors and, and some of our corporate partners, uh, ABC Supply Company, Inc., um, USAA, and also CASE uh, all came through with donations to match up to a million dollars. So we, we're, our goal is a million, and we got a million-dollar match on top of it. So we're trying to get to a $2 million day on Tuesday. Wow. Wow. You know, and, and $2 million, can, can, that can build a lot of houses. Well, I guess not as many as it used to. But, you know, it's <laughs> it's still um, – can, can, and I, you, know, you briefly described some of these houses uh, just a moment ago. But these are really – designed specifically for the veteran, whatever their their disability is, that that's what you do. They are. We we've got a basic uh floor plan, about twenty eight hundred square feet, four bedroom, two bath. Uh it's single story. But we meet with a veteran before we finalize the plans for each home and we go through these more than forty special adaptations that are designed in every one of them and see which ones they really need and see if they need something different. We've got uh, the veterans we support have lost or lost the use of one or more limbs. Uh, some of them are blinded. Others have severe burns and different levels of paralysis. They truly are very severely injured, and they just have a tough time doing all the little things from day to day uh, that we all take for granted in our homes. If, uh, if your listeners would just kind of look around their own home. If they've got any stairs coming or going uh, from the front door, if they've got a two-story house, if they've got carpet throughout the house, if they've got 
regular sized doorways that you can't get a wheelchair through. Uh, all those things, um, a lot of them are unsafe for our veterans, and a lot of them just impede the accessibility. They can't get everywhere in a home. We've had veterans tell us that they're looking forward to getting into our home just so that they can be a normal dad or a normal spouse again because uh, if they were to go into their child's bedroom at night to read them a story, they're going to have to drag themselves upstairs, down the hallway, and into the child's bedroom and back out again because they, some of them don't even use their wheelchairs at home. and Some of them, they would have to pull them upstairs with them to be able to use it. And then because of the angles and everything, they can't get a wheelchair in or out of the bedroom. So all those things that we just take for granted uh, cause these veterans' frustrations, and I think everybody would agree that they fought enough for us. They shouldn't have to fight through frustrations with their home. The home ought to be a place of respite like all of ours. Oh, it, it, it is. And again, I, I want to make sure I mentioned the website is, you know, it's hfotusa.org. Uh, they've got a lot of great information on there. They also have some videos of some of these houses that they have uh, built. And uh, uh, just the, I, I can't even think of the equipment that is, you know, been included, you know, the roll-in showers, which is just uh, awesome for, uh, and I know some veterans that just, you know, need that themselves. And the idea of there were, there were cabinets, you know, like your regular cabinets in your kitchen, but they, you, you kind of pull on a handle and everything in that cabinet comes down to a lower level so that you could utilize them. I, I think that's great. Whoever designed these houses obviously was a, a little bit of a genius. Well, the good thing is, um, most unique thing about us apart from all of those in our space, is that uh, when we give the keys to one of our veterans at the key ceremony, we stay in contact with them after that for life. We promise them a quality home. Uh, if anything goes wrong with it, we're going to step in and fix it. Those 40 special adaptations that I mentioned, we get feedback from them on those adaptations because my 65 or so teammates at Taunton, Massachusetts, at our headquarters, None of us are incapacitated like that. None of us uh, are missing limbs, require a wheelchair. We're all up, roaming around just like normal. So we can't provide that sort of input uh, and, and background info on all those adaptations. We really need it to come from the veterans and the families that are living in them because we're constantly tweaking our home plans. And then lastly, we stay in contact with them primarily. The most important reason is they're going to achieve some wonderful things throughout the rest of their lives. And we want to be there to celebrate with them. But these houses are not going to fix their injuries. So they're still going to be rehabbing, recovering for the rest of their lives. And they're going to go through some challenges. And we want to be there and help them go through those challenges and get the support they need to get past them and continue to rebuild their lives. Yeah, I was going to mention that, you know, not only do you, you know, build these houses pretty much for each individual veteran, and but you also uh, offer follow-up care. You offer financial uh, planning for them, budgeting, and, and uh, just help on a on a regular basis. I think that's that's a really a difference between your plan and some of the other ones that are out there. And and we want to make sure with that financial planning that we set them up for success as a homeowner. So we offer them pro bono three years of financial planning assistance to every veteran and their family. Uh, and 
when they initially apply for our program, the first thing we'll do is a quick background check. Because once in a while, we might find something in their background that our donors and supporters would not agree to help and fund. Uh, and then we do a financial health check because a lot of these veterans were pretty young when they were blown up. The majority of them were blown up downrange by IEDs. Um, and they, their finances weren't necessarily in the best shape. So we'll assign a financial planner to them early to get their finances in shape. Because even though we give them this home and it, they have no mortgage payment, we're giving it to them outright. We signed the deed over the day before the key ceremony. They're still a homeowner in all other respects. So they're going to have to be responsible for the upkeep, upkeep to the home. Uh, anything with an HOA, uh, they've got to remain in compliance. Utilities, property taxes, insurance, all those kinds of things. And that's why we assign that financial planner to them so they can figure all that stuff out ahead of time. The other thing it helps them with is determining where they want to live. Because unlike some organizations, our veterans tell us where they want to live. Then we go out and find the land. We bounce it off them, get their approval, buy the land, find a custom home builder in the area, hire them, and then build them a home from the ground up. So that map you mentioned that has all those little houses all across the United States, every one of those was placed where the veteran wanted to live. We didn't buy the land and then go find a veteran. They told us where they wanted to live. I, I, that's, that's, I'm speechless, Tom. We're talking with Tom Land, Landwermeyer, who is the president and CEO of Homes for Our Troops. And, um, the idea of that the veteran can choose where they want to, you know, want you to build their house, I think is just, it, that's so important. I think, how do, how do I get into, not me specifically, obviously, but if I were, you know, injured, you know, loss of limbs and all the other things that whatever your criteria is, how do I get involved with, with, with homes for our troops? Uh, first thing to do is just go to our website and, uh, right there on our main page about us is a spot where we go to request assistance. And whether that's a, a veteran, a caregiver, a family, whatever it may be, get on there and request assistance and we'll be in contact. Um, we also, uh, really need our veterans out there that we've supported over the years, uh, to be talking to other veterans that they know that might qualify for our program. And they bump into guys from time to time, whether it be while they're rehabbing at the hospital or an event uh, for veterans. They will bump into these guys all the time, and we always ask them, if you see somebody, ask them if they know about us. And if they don't, tell them to get in contact with us, and then we'll check them out. And if, if they're eligible, great. We can bring them in the program. If not, you know, we have a an intake shop. Uh, in our headquarters and consists of two people, two ladies. And one of the ladies has been there for about 15 years, and she knows more about this organization uh, than I will ever know. But uh, she knows the VA system very, very well. But 90% of their time on a monthly basis is taken up by responding to queries to veterans that do not qualify for our program. 90% of their time because they don't just say, I'm sorry, you don't qualify and hang up the phone or send them an email. Sorry. They stay in contact with them, say, so what do you need? And they'll listen to their story. 
and they will get with one of the many veteran support organizations that we remain in contact with and try and give them a handoff uh, to one of those other veteran support organizations get their help. But over 90% of their time each month is taken up by helping people out that never even qualify for our program. What what does it take to qualify? Well, I mean, are there certain standards that, I mean, obviously there are certain standards, but are there certain conditions that you're looking for? Yeah, generally it's, um, so a post 9-11 veteran that was injured uh, downrange in the, in the theaters war of either Iraq or Afghanistan, um, they're either retired, already could be medically retired, retired from the service or in the process of it. Uh, and then one of the main things is that they are eligible and they receive their letter from the VA stating they're eligible for the specially adapted housing grant. And that is a congressionally established program uh, that supports, provides uh, monetary assistance to either um, rehab, adapt a home that they currently have to help them out with adaptations in it or to construct an adapted home or to buy one. They'll provide them with some monetary assistance to do that. Uh, but it has very strict congressional requirements that they have to meet. And so we use the VA uh, to kind of narrow that shot group, if you will, of the injured veterans that are out there to bring them down to the most severely injured. So if if they're eligible for that VA grant, then they can come to us and apply. Oh, okay. And, and so does does a VA contribute to the building of the houses? They don't. Uh, they don't contribute okay. directly to us. Our veterans, um, our veterans can donate. Um, we went through a period of time where it was just open to them as to whether or not they wanted to donate some or all of their specially adapted housing grant to us. Oh, uh, now yeah. it is a, a requirement uh, for them to donate at the key ceremony time, whatever they may have currently in their SAH grant. Uh, the good thing about their SAH grant is it tends to increase each year. So even if they used it all um, in a prior home or they wanted to donate to us to pay it forward for other veterans coming behind them, um, that SAH grant will continue to increase over the years. And with a, a recent um uh, adjustment to it called the Ryan Cools Act, they can now reach out and touch that SAH grant six different times during their lifetime. Well, I didn't know that. See, folks, you're listening to Veterans Radio. You learn something new every week. Um, <laughs> this is important information for us to know. I mean, I know um, for my generation of veterans, a number of people that have used that grant to you know, modify their homes and make, as you just you know, when we were describing your, the homes that you build, you know, making the doorways wider, or putting in, you know, accessible showers and so on and so forth. But I, I did not realize that that was that they could dip into it more than once. I think that's great. Um, yeah. So if, if we're trying to to raise, you know, this million dollars and million dollar grant, let's let's remind our audience where they where they need to go to do this. They need to go to Homes for Our Troops website, which is hfotusa.org. And right there on the first banner that's going to come up for the next couple of days when you go there is about Giving Tuesday. There's also a big red button where you can donate. Uh, and on Tuesday, 
Uh, all of the donations up to a million dollars will be matched by our board of directors and a few corporate partners with a million dollar match. So uh, any amount that you donate, uh, you'll be doubling your impact on Tuesday if you donate during Giving Tuesday. Well, I'm certainly encouraging everybody out there to make those donations. And, you know, and they, you know whatever veterans organization that, that you support, this Tuesday is really important to everyone and uh, every one of those organizations, because there, a lot of them I know have the matches that are that are going on, as as Tom mentioned here. And I, and I again, I I just think that this organization is working so hard and in building individual homes for veterans, and that's that's the key here. I think is that you know once the veteran gets through the vetting process, um, you know they get to choose where they want the house built. And the uh, homes for our troops will go out there and, and build it. I, I, I think that's wonderful. And I'm sure that there's a, you know, I, I, again, looking at your, at your website, I was looking at some of the information about, you know, some of the um, things that have changed in these veterans lives once they get this home. You know, it's not only that do they end up, you know, going back to school or going to school for the first time or, Maybe, you know, actually getting a better job, but also the family, uh, situation normally changes for the better as well. Can you, could you just address that a little bit? Absolutely. So we do build it, these homes for the veteran, but it does affect the entire family. Um, as I mentioned earlier, just those day to day things that these veterans have challenges and frustrations with just cost them a lot of extra time during the day. And somebody uh, oftentimes is helping them do things like getting up in the morning, getting ready to do whatever and getting dressed, uh, going into taking a shower, getting something to eat or drink, just all those little things that we all take for granted. And all it does is ratchet up the stress inside the family. Um, the other things that uh, spouses and caregivers will tell you is when they, leave their current home, they worry about their veteran being safe and being able to get around their home while they're gone. So the stress level really is high on the entire family, especially those spouses and caregivers. After moving into our homes, 95% of our veterans tell us that the overall stress has gone down in the family. Uh, education. Some of them choose to go back to school. Before moving into our homes, only 18% of our veterans uh, either uh, had a degree or were pursuing a degree or trade certification. After moving into our homes, it goes up to 72%. For the spouses and caregivers, only 19% beforehand uh, pursuing a degree, trade certification. Afterwards, it goes up to 79%. Employment rate. A lot of the veteran spouses choose to go back to work. So after moving into our homes, the employment rate of our veterans more than doubles. But the employment rate of the spouses and caregivers more than triples. It's just incredible the impact it has. Uh, the married rate has gone up by over 20% of our veterans in homes. And since 2010, we've had 267 babies born to our H5 families. And that's Congratulations a rebuilding life story all by itself. Uh, the, the last thing I'd tell you is uh, these veterans are all about paying it forward, not only for other veterans, but in their communities. They want to be out 
uh, involved in their community because it's going to take the entire community for these veterans and their families to get through the rest of their lives. They're going to have challenges and they're going to need that support structure. But before moving into their homes, only 22% of our veterans have the time and the ability to go out and volunteer in their local communities. After moving into our homes, that goes up to 76%. So these homes truly are creating some life-changing impact on these veterans and their families. Wow. I, 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 I can't tell you enough, Tom, how, how pleased I am to help promote this organization uh, to the world. And, again, I encourage our listeners out there to go on to their website, to go on to Homes for Our Troops. It's hfotusa.org. And, you know, make a donation. You can make donations to other organizations, too, but I think this one is doing a great, great job. And, Tom, I want to thank you so much for being on Veterans Radio today and telling us all about what Homes for Our Troops can do. And good luck with your fundraising. Thanks so much. They really appreciate the time. Um, one of the biggest things we always leave people with is how you can help. The first way you can do it is, by going onto our website, seeing if we're building near you. If we are, come out and support that veteran and family. Wrap your arms around them because it's going to take you to help them. The second is awareness, and it's what you're helping us do right here this evening. Uh, we we only spend uh, ten cents to the dollar on advertising and, and overhead. Almost ninety cents of every dollar since inception has gone to our programs. So we're not out there advertising. You're not going to see us a lot. A lot of people will say. We never heard of you before, but that's that's with thought. That's a conscious decision. Uh, we're a grassroots awareness organization, but efforts like this and anybody that can get out there and tell them about the organization they ran into today, what we do and who we support will really help us out in the awareness. And then, again, you've hit it multiple times. Donate. Uh, we've got a monthly giving program as well that you can sign up for or volunteer. But that website will get you to all those things. All right. Tom, thank you very much. Homes for our troops, building homes, rebuilding lives. Go to their website, hfotusa.org. Make a donation today, especially by Tuesday. All right. Thank you very much, Tom. Thank you, Dale. Appreciate it. All right. We'll be in touch. We'll see how this goes for you. All okay. right. Thanks so again we're coming for the up time. To the end. We're coming up to the end of the program here. And I want to thank everybody for tuning in to Veterans Radio today. And, of course, you know, all these other different organizations out there that you can help out. Uh, we encourage you to do so, Veterans Radio being one, Fisher House, of course, being another. Uh, NVBDC is a, is a nonprofit organization as well. So we encourage you to do that. We're going to go out today on uh, God Bless America, as usual. Uh, today's uh, version is from the Air Force Band. So we encourage you to stick around and listen to it. We think that this song is just so powerful, and it really kind of tells how we feel, especially here at Veterans Radio. But I think probably all of you feel the same way about this about this country. So until next week, uh, when Operation Song will be back, another charity. This is Dale Thornberry for Veterans Radio, and you are dismissed. <laughs>